Hello and welcome to this latest installment of Barnards on the NBA. I'm your host, Matt Barnard, and I'm joined here by my son and enthusiastic co-host, Emilio. Hi. <laughs> that's, uh, that's Emilio. Uh, on this episode, we're going to be continuing our uh, discussion of the best lineups one could put together of NBA players based upon where they played in college. And we'll also be looking at the NBA award winners that were just announced for the 2019-20 uh, season. This episode, we're going to be focusing on players that attended Villanova and went on to NBA glory. Uh, we're going to do this in the style that we conventionally do, running down a lineup starting at center, followed by power forward, small forward, shooting guard, and point guard. Without further ado, Emilio, who did you have at Villanova center? Ed Pinkney. Yeah, tell us a little bit about Easy Ed. Um, he was a solid player. I mean, I guess there's not that many good centers from Villanova. Yeah, definitely a dearth of uh, of bigs at Villanova relative to uh, smaller players. There's a lot of power forwards. Yeah, that's a good point. There, are, there are definitely some power forwards among whom to uh, to choose uh, for this squad. But yeah, not as much in the in the center ranks. Ed Pinkney, uh, six foot nine, two forty is what he's listed at. So I mean, a guy who could plausibly play center and did, uh, you know, at some time in his uh, in his career. Not an especially notable NBA career after being uh, selected with the tenth overall pick in the '85 uh, draft by the Suns. Guy who was uh, a New York City baller, Bronx guy, and uh, of course went on to uh, play college ball in uh, the city of brotherly love, Philadelphia, uh, at Villanova. And was, of course, uh, best remembered for being the most outstanding player in the uh, 85 NCAA tournament where uh, Villanova upset Patrick Ewing-led Georgetown Hoyas. Very, very impressive stuff. For sure. So Ed Pinkney, uh, a very well-known player when entering the league because uh, of his success in college, uh, went on to uh, you know co do some coaching, do some broadcasting, and uh, – yeah, I mean, great career from uh, Ed Pinkney, despite not having, like, you know, amazing on-court success in the NBA. Yes. Got 793 regular season games in, though, so really, uh, you know, quality career. Yes. I had him as my center as well. Let's move on to power forward. Mills, who'd you have there? I had Tim Thomas. Yeah, Tim Thomas, guy who uh, uh, entered the league after just one season at Villanova during a time where Villanova was very much – on the rise coming off the Kerry Kittles uh, years. Um, let's talk a little bit about Tim Thomas. Yeah, I mean, played a while. Definitely played a while. 824 regular season games over the course of his career, entering the league in 97 as the uh, seventh overall pick of, of the Nets, uh, a New Jersey guy uh, going to play for his, uh, his hometown squad. Yes. And, of course, uh, played his college ball not too far away in Philadelphia. Uh, guy who uh, moved around the league quite a bit over the course of uh, you know a whole bunch of years, uh, 408 starts uh, across uh, playing with, uh, with with the Sixers, the Bucks, the Knicks, the Bulls, the Suns, the Clippers, and finally the Mavericks before uh, finishing up his career in his age 32 season. Uh, a really big prospect, as I remember, a major recruit uh, getting to Villanova. I remember it being quite a coup that they were able to pull a player of his uh, uh, caliber. Um, but as I mentioned, this was a, a time where the Villanova program was pretty prominent. Obviously, it's become prominent again with uh, you know winning national titles and such. But 
Uh, it, was, it was a good moment for Villanova and, and pulling Tim Thomas uh, represented a victory for them. Uh, I had Tim Thomas as well, despite the, uh, you know, I don't know, relatively unspectacular career. I mean, never got to all-star level or anything like that, but I uh, did make the all-rookie team. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah, definitely. And uh, not to be confused with the uh, goalie, NHL goalie of the uh, the same name, Tim Thomas. Another one of these uh, multi-sport names. Who do you have at uh, small forward, Mills? I had Paul Arison. Well, now this guy is in the Hall of Fame. Tell us a little bit about Paul Arison. Paul Arison, a 10-time All-Star, two-time scoring champ, NBA champ, four-time All-NBA, and All-Star Game MVP, and unofficial Rookie of the Year. Yeah, no, I heard about that unofficial status. We, we've come across that before, right? Yes. Who, who was it who was the unofficial uh, Rookie of the Year previously? Do you remember? Um, no, I think it was like two or three episodes ago. Yeah, we did. We came across it pretty recently. Uh, one of the, in, the, in the early days, uh, I guess they didn't have the same procedure for uh, certifying Rookie of the Year selections. So you uh, could see. But... Yeah, yeah, you could definitely, uh, could definitely see. Uh, Paul Arison. Uh, <laughs> this, is such, <laughs> this is some of the coolest, uh, some of the coolest nicknames. I think. I mean, Pitching Paul, Popping Paul. I mean, this guy, uh, this guy could really pop it. Yeah, for sure. I mean. Won two scoring titles and had the highest field goal percentage in the league once. Yeah, pretty impressive stuff. I mean, you know, by today's standards, uh, you know, shooting 42% from the floor for your career, maybe uh, not a standout characteristic, but uh, certainly, you know, a guy who was really? uh, 42%. That's pretty good. Yeah, I mean, not certainly. Well, I mean, you'd, you'd like you'd like to do better than, uh, than 42%. 42% from three is nice. 42% from the floor. Eh, I mean, he'd really like to be doing better than that. But a guy who averaged uh, 22.8 points per game over the course of his career and really, I mean, has has some of the rate stats that uh, you would expect from uh, from a Hall of Famer when you look at it. I mean, he's uh, 11th in minutes per game, 28th in points per game, 34th in win shares per 48 minutes, uh, 42nd in offensive win shares. So despite, like, not playing a, an incredibly long career starting in 1950 and finishing in uh, 1962, did a lot of damage out there. For sure. And was an all-star in every season during his career, uh, really other than, I mean, every season that he played. I mean, the two seasons that uh, – what would have been his third and fourth season, 52-53 and 53-54, he was uh, serving in the military. So Yeah, uh, his second ball. season that was probably his best season. Yeah, or maybe, league in scoring. Or maybe um, the 56-57 uh, the season, but – yeah, pretty. Uh, yeah, I mean, had some, had some really phenomenal seasons uh, over the course of his career. I mean, he even averaged up to twenty six point four uh, points per game at his uh, at, at his best. Supposedly uh, scored a hundred points in a game while playing for Villanova, but it was against a junior college, so uh, wasn't kept track of. Yes, they didn't keep track of any quite the same way. But uh, yeah, I mean, a, a phenomenal player. Oh, I can believe. That. Yeah, I mean, things were pretty loose uh, back in those days, I mean, not nearly as formalized. He as did score 82 points in college that was tracked. Yeah, so pretty wild. I mean, there's stories of him scoring 85 points. I mean, you can imagine, you know, offense just flowing through this guy and uh, him crushing. Let's, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, he almost scored 50 points in a game in the league once. Yeah, up to up to forty nine uh, during games that were tracked in the league. Actually, interestingly, played in in a league after the NBA as well. Played in the uh, Eastern Professional Basketball League with the uh, Camden Bullets. So this guy and he uh, destroyed that. Yeah, he must have really loved uh, loved balling out. This is uh, an, an incredible player and a guy we probably don't talk about enough. 
uh, in our modern day because uh, he played such a long time ago. Paul Harrison, also, of course, my small forward on this Villanova squad. Who'd you have at uh, the shooting guard, Mills? Kerry Kittles. Yeah, let's talk a little bit about Kerry Kittles. This is a guy who was one of my favorites when I started uh, really paying attention to college basketball. Yeah, I mean, maybe the all-rookie team. Definitely. But um, really good dunker and scorer. Yeah, ter- a terrific, uh, terrific scorer, terrific shooter. Um, unfortunately, yeah, I mean, you look back at his career now, I mean, you know, he was done by age 30 and only played 11 games in that final season uh, with the Clippers. So really just not a long career. No, not at all. Didn't even play he played like eight years. Yeah, just uh, just 507 regular season games over the course of his career. And, you know, his numbers don't really jump off the page at you aside from the shooting. I mean, I, I think, you know, 37, almost 38 percent three-point shooter for his career. Had some seasons where he was up over 40 percent and, uh, you know, got off a reasonable number of, uh, of attempts for uh, for the time, you know, in that, uh, you know, three and a half uh, uh Attempts per, per game kind of range. So 5.1 of those first season. Yeah. So, I mean, definitely, you know, a guy who was looking for a shot and was, uh, was you know, pretty successful at uh, converting it as well. Yes. And had a really notable uh, NCAA career, as I mentioned, uh, played on the on a Villanova team that uh, it was pretty prominent, had some pretty slick uniforms, really drew me in as a uh, 13-year-old or so. Uh, I guess 12, 13 or around the time that uh, that, that Villanova team was uh, – was getting it done. I mean, him and um, Eric Ebers and uh, Chuck Cornegay and and um, Tim those. Thomas. Tim Thomas came along just just after. So I think it was really that that uh, Kerry Kittles uh, led team that kind of uh, juiced the the recruiting. Um. Yeah. Um. Tim Thomas made the all rookie team the year after Kerry Kittles made the all rookie team. Yeah, yeah. I think Kerry Kittles uh, spent several years at, at Villanova prior to uh, going to the NBA. Tim Thomas uh, making the move after just one season. Yeah, Kerry Kittles played all four years at, uh, at at Villanova before making the move. Kerry Kittles was my shooting guard as well. I think there are some other candidates that uh, you could consider, but he's uh, he, he got my my spot as well. Who do you have at uh, at point guard? Let's uh, see if we stay in lockstep all the way through this lineup. Um, we definitely will. Um, Kyle Lowry. Yeah, it's got to be Kyle Lowry, one of the, uh, yeah, I mean, defining uh, players of the moment, I would say, in the, in the NBA. I mean, a guy who obviously was part of uh, the title team as recently as last year. Yes, um, six-time All-Star, NBA champ, and all-NBA all team. Yeah, I mean, really, uh, you know, phenomenal run for him. I, I think, you know, Kyle Lowry, a really unusual career path and, and how long it took him to, you know, kind of find that elite status. I mean, you know, you look back at what, what he was doing in his uh, in his early 20s upon entering the league with uh, with the Grizzlies and then with the Rockets. I mean, nothing like a superstar, right? I mean, nothing like an all-star level player yeah. until he got to age 28. I mean, having entered the league at 20, I mean, a very, very unusual path to take kind of that long to really, you know, round all the facets of his game together, or round them out rather, and, and kind of put it all together. Um but he's there. I mean, he's, he's, he's been there the last few years. I mean, uh, I think, you know, a guy who has a, an enormous impact, both as a shooter. I mean, you look at, you know, like the number of threes that he gets up and, uh, you know, what kind of threat he is from out there. And uh, also the kind of defender that he is, I mean, despite his uh, small stature. Yeah, he likes to draw fouls. Loves to draw fouls. Definitely a guy who seeks out contact. One of the, you know, preeminent uh, charge drawers and uh, maybe floppers, embellishers in the uh, – in the league, I would say, 
but uh, you know, a guy who definitely lays it all on the line, and uh, had you know one of his uh, great moments in this uh, this postseason run, uh, throwing that pass to uh, OG Ananobi, I would say, uh, to win Game Three of that uh, series against the Celtics. That was uh, even though they lost the series. Yeah, even though they lost the series, but I mean that certainly extended it and was uh, was you know great highlight for his uh, his career. But Kyle Lowry's had a career full of them. Uh, we've talked about this before uh, offline, but I mean, P- Paul Arizon being the only Hall of Famer to uh, have attended Villanova, uh, Kyle Lowry's going to make it too, right? Well, that's what you said. What do you think? Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, I think uh, Kyle Lowry, I mean, if, if it was in doubt before, I think the uh, the championship season of a year ago should uh, set any questions to rest on uh, Kyle Lowry's status. I think he will be in the Hall of Fame uh, when once he uh, you know is eligible. He just finished his uh, age 33 season, so we'll see how much more Kyle Lowry we get. But I think uh, he's done He's done enough at this point. I think he'll, we'll get actually a bunch more of Kyle Lowry, too. Yeah, I think that's that's quite possible. I mean, he's still certainly still playing at a high level right now. And, uh, you know, you, you, you would think – I mean, you, you never know how quickly things are going to drop off. But uh, he's, he's, he's right there uh, at this point. All right, so l- let's run down uh, – the team that we selected for Villanova, I think we both had exactly the same squad. And then we can uh, talk about uh, several players who uh, are worth uh, discussing from Villanova who uh, did not make these squads. Um, yeah, Senna and Pickney. Um, no, Pickney, is that right? Yeah, Ed Pinkney. Yeah. And Pickney. Um, power forward Tim Thomas, small forward Paul Arizon, shooting guard Kerry Kittles, and point guard Kyle Lowry. Yeah, that's uh, that's what what I had as well. I think it's a pretty pretty strong team. I mean, you got some uh, some high yeah. quality players in there. Um, but it's Villanova is extremely extremely overrated. Wow. So I mean, you're talking about in terms of the NBA players that it's produced. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think you know obviously the the college teams of uh, of recent years kind of uh, you know they. Proven themselves. I mean, kind of, uh, you know, getting through NCAA tournaments uh, in, in the way that they have. I, I think it is kind of interesting to think about, you know, um, having won the, their most recent title on that incredible uh, Chris Jenkins buzzer beater. I mean, you think about, you know, someone like that, Chris Jenkins, who's not even ever touched the NBA, right? I mean, the, you know, s- some of the players who have made Villanova college basketball so successful really have just not had NBA careers. Yes. So, I mean, you know, maybe recruited more for, uh, you know, college play and w- without as much of a thought to, uh, you know, w- whether these guys can, can uh, you know, make it as superstars in the NBA or even as contributors. Let's talk about current players first. Uh, let's let's start with uh, Dante DiVincenzo. Yeah, I mean, stats kind of surprised me because I thought he had better stats. Yeah, so uh, give us a little rundown of where, where he's at in his career. In terms of yeah, I mean, only averaging eight points per game for his career so far. I mean, only played two seasons so far. But, I mean, 9.2 points per game this past season. So, solid player. Yeah, he's ramping up. I mean, only played 15.2 minutes per game over uh, 27 games his, uh, his his rookie year. So, really just you know starting to get his feet wet in the league there at age 22. And this year, taking a much larger role across 66 games, 24 of them being starts. Uh, playing 23 minutes a game. So definitely, uh, you know, stepping into a larger role and I think uh, performing at a higher level as well. Yeah, also a shorter season. Ooh, that's pretty bad. He only scored – he never has scored 20 points in the game once, but okay. Did get 10 rebounds one time, so that's uh, that, that's something to build on. Not a guy who has a great size, obviously, but brings other things to the table. Yes, for sure. 
Uh, only six four uh, two oh three, but yeah, I mean a guy who uh, you know ha- has some promise for sure on, on a really good Bucks team. Let's also talk about Mikhail Bridges. Now this guy made a big impact in the uh, in the, in the bubble with his uh, defense. Yeah, and on offense, I think. I mean, good three point shooter um, in the bubble, I should say. And actually, similar, I think, like kind of role of Dante DiVincenzo. Yeah, I mean, uh, Mikael Bridges obviously came into the league as a uh, you know higher end uh, pick. Dante Divincenzo was a uh, was the seventeenth pick in the uh, in, in the first round in twenty eighteen, and uh, Mikael Bridges the tenth uh, pick in uh, in, in twenty eighteen. So yeah. a few, few spots ahead. It's a little bit better too. Yeah, I mean, I, I think you know uh, offers uh, more promise, especially with his contributions on the defensive end. I think yeah. he has a potential to be one of uh, you know a, a fairly rare breed of uh, a defensive player in terms of the kind of guys he can d up effectively, and uh, has also you know played a lot more than Dante Divincenzo to this point. I mean, has yes. played 155 games, 88 starts, you know, 28.8 minutes per game uh, in the, in those uh, in those games, and has also shot it pretty well. I mean, just under 35 percent three uh, for his career to this yeah. point. So definitely a promising start for Mikael Bridges. It's kind of been uh, under my radar, honestly. I mean, you know, playing for, yeah. the, for the Suns um, over the course of the last few years, but that certainly wasn't the case in the bubble where, uh, you know, the spotlight was right on the Suns as they went 8-0. For sure. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, he could definitely be a uh, you know foundational piece for, uh, for, for that, you know, Suns squad as it comes together. Yeah, I mean – yeah, has scored 26 points in a game one, so better than Dante DiVincenzo. Yeah, and I mean, has made as many as six threes in a game. So, I mean, I, I think, you know, definitely, uh, you know, some some volume that, that might, might be available to tap into there for uh, Mikhail Bridges. Let's, uh, let's also talk about Josh Hart. Yes, Josh Hart. I mean, I, I actually, when you mentioned him, I, I think of him, I was going to do. Interesting. Yeah. No, he's, he's a def, definitely a Villanova guy. I mean, you can see it right here on his basketball reference page. Shout out basketball reference. Um, has uh, has gotten a few uh, few years in the league now. Obviously, started his career with the uh, with the Lakers and was involved in uh, the Anthony Davis trade and uh, yeah. is now on the Pelicans. Actually, averaged ten points again this year. Yeah, uh, it's interesting that you say that about Josh Hart. I mean, I, I always think of him as a uh, as a shorter player than he is. He's six uh, five. Uh, 215, but I think I, I hear about him uh, you know, defending power forwards and defending small forwards, and I, I think it's just kind of indicative of the era that these guys are playing in now that a guy who's 6'5", 215 does, in fact, find himself swinging across positions all the way up to the four at times. Yes, for sure. I mean, he does play small forward. Predominantly, yeah, yeah. Uh, so just 25 now, I mean, uh, the number 30 pick in the 2017 draft. I think uh, still, you know, potentially some uh, some development for him. Uh, good number in the 30 future. pick. Definitely a good number 30 pick. I mean, th- this past season, you know, averaged, uh, you know, 10.1 points and uh, six and a half rebounds per game. It's yeah. uh, pretty, pretty good, pretty good stuff. Yeah, I mean, def- definitely a, a, a useful player. And it'll be interesting to see how he fits with, uh, you know, what the Pelicans are doing building around Zion and, you know, whatever they end up getting in the in the draft here. And, I mean, it, it's, uh, it, it's, it's going to be interesting. Yeah, and um, also having um, only 2.1 personal fouls for his career. Not too bad. <laughs> it's not, not too bad. Josh Hart, also a champion at, uh, at Villanova in the uh, NCAA tournament. Mm-hmm. Pretty was that on stuff. the shot? Uh, that was in, in 2016. I think that was that was the year that, uh, that that shot went down. 
pretty cool stuff. Let's uh, let, let's also talk about a player I know you have strong feelings about. Eric Pascal. Eric Pascal, member of the uh, Golden State Warriors, member of the uh, 2019-20 All Rookie Team, which we will uh, which we will get to uh, later in the episode. Tell us a little bit about your man, Eric Pascal. He's nice. He is nice. He has 14 points per game. That's pretty nice. Yeah. I mean, a lot of opportunity with the Warriors this year. I mean, I think you're going to be like big time on the Warriors next year. I mean, I didn't know you have 14 points. Ooh, man. Yeah. Got got a lot of run. I mean, you know, the 27.6 minutes per game across uh, 60 games, 26 of them starts. Definitely, um, you know, we got a lot of volume available for uh, for Eric Pascal. Certainly, a lot more than you would expect from a forty first overall pick coming into the league, but it was there for him. So Eric Pascal, I mean, really stepping up, a guy who attended uh, Fordham in addition to Villanova uh, before uh, before transferring from Fordham, and uh, yeah, I mean, we will have to see where his career goes from here. But uh, he's he's off to a good start. You lo- love getting a, a big statistical season out there in the first year of your career, and Eric Pascal has done that. Yes, for her, especially in the scoring game. I actually want to see his game high. I think it might be like twenty or something. Thirty-four. Yeah, Eric Pascal with a with a thirty-four point game during the season. I mean, like, like I was saying, I mean, you know, he, he got up to eighteen or rather uh, twenty-one field goal attempts in a game this uh, this year as well. So, again, for a second round pick to uh, be in a situation where he's uh, getting twenty-one shots up in a game. You got to have some pretty unusual circumstances on your hands, which uh, the Warriors did this season. But you got to have someone there to uh, take those shots. It'll be interesting to see what he's able to do once a you know better team kind of fills in around him, which is uh, certainly likely to be the case in Golden State next year. Yes. Uh, let's let's also talk about uh, Omari Spellman. Speaking of uh, people who have uh, played in Golden State and who are uh, number thirty overall picks, as we mentioned uh, another one previously. So yeah, and, and Josh Hart. I like Omari Spellman. Yeah, what, what would you say about him? He's pretty good. I mean, not too good, but he's okay. He started three games this year. Yeah, uh, that, that's true. Started three games this year. Uh, came off the bench in another uh, 46 for the uh, for the Warriors. Uh, played just 18 minutes per game this season. But uh, I, I think someone who, you know, has uh, improved his body a bit since he entered the league. And I think, you know, at age uh, entering his age 23 season next year, certainly still some upside to explore for uh, – for Omari Spellman. For sure. I'm surprised they don't have on basketball reference his uh, his nickname, uh, The Wizard. Well, I don't have all the nicknames, I guess. That's true. That's a, that's a fair point. Let's also talk about uh, Jalen Brunson, another uh, active NBA player who uh, attended Villanova. Yeah, one time I was watching this video about, like, the playoffs getting um, simulated and um, – yeah, I mean, it was the Bucks and the Mavericks in the finals, and Jalen Brunson threw it in from half court to win the finals, <laughs> or <laughs> way beyond half court. But, yeah, he's a pretty good player. Yeah, that was a great story to share. I, I enjoyed it when you told it to me when it happened. And I showed uh, you the video. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Jalen Brunson, though, off, off to a solid start in his career. For sure. I mean, 130 games in his first two years, 54 of those being starts. And, uh, you know, uh, is you know an NBA rotation player. I would say uh, you know r- right now, despite uh, you know being kind of limited to uh, playing 
point guard, I mean, due to his stature, I mean, 6'1 guy, 190, but uh, is in the right situation for sure. I mean, the Mavericks, a team that really likes playing, you know, kind of three point guard alignments, three guard alignments a lot. So he's able to get out there despite, um, and, you know, playing with Luke obviously helps uh, helps as well. I mean, he's a guy who, who can handle but doesn't really play the point in a conventional oh, sense. Oh, Rick Brunson. Uh, Rick Brunson, yeah, his, uh, his, his dad, also a guy who played in the league. Yeah, I mean, played 20 times. Um, no, he actually um, – did he go to Villanova, correct? He went to uh, Temple, actually, another another uh, Philadelphia school. Yeah, so he was a good player, too. Absolutely. And uh, uh, Jalen Brunson, actually a member of uh, two uh, NCAA title teams at Villanova. So, I mean, that's uh, pretty remarkable. The uh, consensus national player of the year in 2018 as well. So, I mean, Jalen Brunson, a really decorated uh, college basketball player. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's actually injured right now. Uh, Jalen Brunson. Yeah. Mills is uh, pointing out that on his uh, Wikipedia page, there's a, shot, a picture of him in high school making a shot over uh, future NBA player Kendrick Nunn. Yeah, I just thought it was interesting, too. NBA Definitely. Players. I mean, yeah, a, a lot of these guys who are elite high school players end up facing off against each other in, you know, various regional or, you know, national tournaments. So uh, that, that kind of thing does uh, tend to happen. But a really decorated college and high school player, to be sure. I mean, Big East yeah. Player of the Year. I mean, first team All-American, as I mentioned, uh, you know, National College Player of the Year. So, I mean, a, a major college career. And, you know, we'll see what he's able to accomplish in the NBA. Yeah, I mean, 33rd pick, actually. Yeah, so definitely. I mean, I think a lot of that goes to, like, kind of his stature and not being, like, a ridiculous shooter. But, um yeah, we'll see what he's able to do. I mean, he's obviously had a lot of success on the court. No, no question about that. Let's uh, also talk about uh, Ryan Archie Diacono. Any, uh, any any thoughts on uh, on him? He was uh, the most outstanding player in that uh, NCAA tournament just a couple of years ago when he uh, delivered that pass to uh, Chris Jenkins. He was the one. Yep. Cool. Man, good player, I guess. <laughs> yeah, he's uh, he's had some bench minutes in in the NBA so far. Uh, you know, with the Bulls. Uh, probably not likely to do too much more in terms of cracking a rotation than he's done so far. He's already at age 25. Yeah, so bad player, I would say. But That's a little bit harsh, but uh, you know, maybe, maybe he's uh, maxed out at uh, the level that he's reached to this point. Let's also talk about uh, some older players because uh, you know, there certainly have been some other high-quality players who have attended Villanova. Let's talk about uh, Jim Washington. Oh, yeah, this guy's killer. I mean, number six overall pick in uh, 1965. Let's uh, let's talk a little bit about him. What would you say about uh, Jim Washington's career? Best player of all time. Well, that might be a little bit strong, but uh, he he definitely lasted in the league for uh, for quite a few years. 774 regular season games, averaged a double double a couple of times. Yeah, but for real, he's very good player. Yeah, I mean, made made his mark in the league with the uh, St. Louis Hawks, the uh, Chicago Bulls, the 76ers, the Atlanta Hawks, as well as the uh, Buffalo Braves. Yeah, I mean, played had um, had um, one hundred and seventy-five points in two years on the Buffalo Braves, but hey. Yeah, I mean, you got to get those uh, Buffalo Braves notes in there. I mean, not, not a lot of opportunity to discuss them anymore. Uh, let's also talk sure. about, uh, about about Chris Ford. Now, this guy, uh, a champion with the uh, with with the Celtics. Yeah, I mean, those Celtics teams were really good. I mean, and. He was a good player on those Celtics teams. 
Uh, definitely. I mean, a, a contributor towards the end of his uh, his career. I mean, a starter with uh, with those Celtics squads. Wow. Uh, down the end of his career. So yeah, I mean, started his career with the Pistons and played consistently there uh, for the first uh, you know six or so years of his career before uh, moving on to the Celtics. Yeah, I mean, didn't play for that long, but solid player. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, was was a, uh, a major factor playing almost thirty minutes a game on that uh, Celtics title team in eighty eighty one. So. A guy who uh, went on to coach in the league as well. Uh, coach yes. with the uh, coach for the Celtics, the uh, the Bucks, the Clippers, and the uh, and the Sixers as well. Uh, before finishing up as a coach in uh, in two thousand four. Yeah, um, made the playoffs a couple times. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I think you know, kind of a, a middling coach when you look back on it, but uh, you know, guy who uh, you know. Uh, was around was getting employed as a coach for uh, almost 700 games so that's pretty substantial i think one interesting note about chris ford is i mean known as the mad bomber and you look at uh you know the very early uh, three-point numbers that are available because i mean three-point line came in uh well into his career when he was you know 31 but uh the guy looks like i mean based on the numbers he, he could stroke it a little bit uh 42 percent shooter that uh that that first season of uh the three-point line and uh Thirty-seven and a half percent shooter for uh, for his career. Uh, granted, not that many attempts, but yeah, a, one an indicator. Game. And two point two attempts. Yeah, uh, uh, one point one and a half attempts per game for his career. Two point two in the first year of the line. Yeah, so I mean, a re- reason to suspect between that his uh, his free throw percentage, his uh, his two point percentage uh, that he he was a pretty pretty strong shooter. Let's also talk about uh, Rory Sparrow. Now I know you were looking into this guy a little bit. This uh, really, really uh, consistent guard in the NBA yes. for uh, for quite a few years, uh, making his mark with the uh, with the Nets initially, then the Hawks, Knicks, Bulls, Heat, Kings. I think you could play like shooting guard, and it wouldn't be too bad. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I tend to agree. Honestly, not a player I had really heard of much or been aware of prior to uh, doing the research for this episode, but made his mark over 836 regular season games. Yeah, for sure. The reason I was looking at you like that was like um, because like you were like about to click on Bill Melchioni and then you were like went to Rory Sparrow. We got to build up to Bill Melchioni. <laughs> uh, so yeah, Rory Sparrow, uh, double digit scorer in uh, quite a few seasons, averaged five assists across his uh, long career as well. Five hundred sixty-two yeah, uh, regular season starts. So yeah, a, a quality player for, uh, for for quite a few years, and uh, glad to shine a little bit more light on that. Let's also talk about um, Randy Foy. This is a, a more recent player, number seven overall pick in the uh, 2006 NBA draft, actually came in in the same class as Kyle Lowry. So uh, in, interesting to note, his career obviously hasn't you know blown up in the way that Kyle Lowry's has, but uh, you know, good, good NBA player for quite some time. Any thoughts on Randy Foy? Yeah, I mean, 10.3 points per game for his career, played 752 regular season games, so played a lot. And 433 starts. Yeah, I think you've probably played with him in, in video games a few times. Okay. <laughs> uh, oh, I have, I have, I have on those jazz teams. I love to play with him. He's a great player on my team. <laughs> yeah, I thought uh, I thought that might connect with you. Uh, yeah. Good, good shooter as well. I mean, I, I think you know more of a three point threat than uh, than a guy who was going to do much inside. Not a not an amazingly physical presence for uh, an NBA player, but you know certainly. Good player in college and uh, contributor in the pros. Yeah, I came off that bench for my jazz team. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like playing with him. 
Let's uh, let's talk about Bill Melchione. I know you just uh, kind of seated the uh, seated the ground there for this discussion. Interesting player in that he's one of only four players to uh, win both ABA and NBA titles. Wow, that's impressive. And uh, don't ask me who the other four, who the other three are, but he's one of them. <laughs> How can we? Okay, never mind. Um, but yeah, I mean, NBA champ and ABA champ, two-time NBA ABA champ. Yeah, and a three-time All-Star as well. I mean, that's in the ABA. It should be noted, but you could really dish it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, got up over eight assists per game a couple of times in the ABA. I mean, you know, look at some of those seasons. I mean, 21 points per game, 8.4 assists. I mean, that's pretty nice. Bill Melchione, a big-time player. His uh, number 25 actually retired by the Nets. Wow. Yeah, it's uh, it's pr- pretty impressive stuff. Bill Melchione, I mean, uh, you, know, you might not have thought too much about him before, but uh, this guy who, uh, you know, balled out from uh, 66 to uh, 76, and uh, the NBA and ABA definitely uh, made a contribution, and uh, yeah, went on to uh, work in uh, investment banking after his career as well. Yeah, he actually sat out one of his years too um, to go to the EPBL. Yeah, so I, right, played uh, played in another league as well. So uh, yeah, that's uh, fascinating stuff. The Eastern Professional Basketball League, which I think we referenced earlier in the show as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so Bill Melchione, uh, yeah, so solid contributor. I think you know didn't really have the the, the breadth of career that uh, would you know get him higher on this list or higher into consideration, but certainly worth noting. Let's also mention uh, Alvin Williams. Yeah, I mean Alvin Williams, good player, but didn't do that much in the league. Yeah, I mean started for a while. I mean you know got some major run with the uh, with the, with the Raptors of the late '90s and early 2000s, but. Um, yeah, not not an especially notable player. Good co- good college player. I mean, was uh, on those teams with uh, with Tim Thomas, as I think I mentioned earlier, that uh, were making noise on the on the, on the college scene, but not a uh, not not in a tremendously impactful NBA career. Also, wanted to mention uh, Ray Allen. Allen Ray. Uh, speaking of uh, the, the 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 great uh, three point shooter from uh, uh, who I mean is one of the all time greats. Yeah, I wonder why we um, didn't bring him up in the regular. <laughs> it is interesting, Emilio, not refusing to take my bait. Um, we've joked many times about the uh, the reality that uh, there's both a Ray Allen, one of the great uh, shooters in NBA history, and uh, Allen Ray as well, who attended uh, Villanova, played just one season with the Celtics back in uh, 2006, 2007. Yeah, I mean, uh, no, no. I mean, his career is certainly no joke. I mean, uh, you know, good player in, in college. I mean, uh, you know, but he had an eye injury. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, one uh, right. He, he got he got hurt during uh, during the Big East tournament back in uh, two thousand six, but that didn't prevent him from uh, from getting to the league that that season with with the Celtics. But uh, just you know, I, I think didn't quite have the physical profile to, uh, to to make it in the league, and has ended up playing in. Uh, a whole bunch of different situations overseas since. Yes, so good for him. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, yeah, Alan Ray uh, getting a, a professional basketball career out of the deal. Let's. Uh, is there anybody else you uh, you want to mention who who attended Villanova? I know we've been through quite a few guys now. There are forty nine overall who have uh, played at Villanova and gone on to the NBA or NBA. Probably, probably talked about half of them, but not really. Yeah, we have talked about uh, about quite a few, but uh, there's a lot, lot to dig into when it comes to. And please uh, don't bring up Art Spector. <laughs> well, I think you just uh, took care of that for us. Yeah. 
He actually uh, did score 852 points in the league in three seasons. But, okay, we can move on. So our uh, friend Paul Kondo had asked us uh, prior to our previous episode to uh, compare this uh, Villanova team to uh, Rutgers. So uh, despite giving Villanova its own episode here, let's uh, let, let's go ahead and do that. Uh, so let's compare uh, Rutgers center James Bailey to uh, Villanova center Ed Pigney. I think you got to go on a pick name, but that one's close. Yeah, I, I, I tend to agree with that. I mean, the, and Pinkney does not jump off the page in the way that some of these other Villanova players do relative to their Rutgers counterparts, but we'll put Villanova up one nothing there all the same. Uh, power forward, we got Rutgers' is, uh, Roy Hinson against uh, Tim Thomas of Villanova. Yeah, I think that one is like closer as well, but I mean, I could certainly see going Tim Thomas there. Uh, certainly a uh, guy who had a lot of promise in the NBA at various points. Uh, let's go to uh, small forward. Where we've got John Battle of Rutgers against uh, Paul Arison of uh, Villanova. Um, so, yes, uh, at shooting guard, we have, um, <laughs> well, I, I, I'll say it, well, Paul Arison. But at yeah. shooting guard, we have Dante Jones from Rutgers and Kerry Kittles from Villanova. And you got to go Kerry Kittles there for now. Yeah, so this is uh, looking like a walkover <laughs> for, uh, for Villanova. Let's get to point guard where we've got Eddie Jordan of Rutgers and uh, – Kyle Lowry of uh, Villanova. Kyle Lowry. Yeah, so Kyle Lowry takes that pretty pretty easily, and uh, I think Villanova probably would would win this matchup if these teams got out on the court. I would say. Yeah. So let's uh, let, let's quickly move on and uh, get into uh, discussion of, of the award winners as the uh, NBA season has uh, has reached its uh, the regular season has reached its conclusion. We're moving our way through the postseason, and all the award winners have now been announced. Yeah. The MVP for the season. No shock, Giannis Antetokounmpo for the second consecutive year. Yeah. Okay. Any thoughts on on that? I mean, any Not issue really. with it? Yeah. I mean, Not I, I, really. Giannis, good job. Yeah. How about uh, rookie of the year, John Morant? Yeah. No problems. Yeah, I saw he uh, got one less than uh, uh, unanimous votes, so he got ninety nine out of hundred votes. But I think uh, who got the other vote? Zion got the other vote. Oh come on! Why did nobody vote for Kendrick? No. <laughs> well, Kendrick Nunn uh, th- finished in third, I guess, because uh, you know, there's some down-ballot voting. But uh, John Moran, a very deserving rookie of the year. He's, he's killing. Defensive player of the year, Giannis as well. Thoughts? Um, good job. Yeah, nice job. <laughs> Most improved player. I think we, we've kind of uh, touched on this in previous episodes, but uh, Brandon Ingram. Yeah, I mean, I think he deserved it. Yeah, took major strides forward this year, I think, has, uh, you know, really established himself as, as a dangerous offensive player. And I know you thought Luca should win it, but give it to him. Yeah, I mean, I, I did think Luca's improvement was uh, really in, important this year and maybe the most significant improvement in the league this year. But I certainly can't argue with Brandon Ingram, who also really took it to another level. Sixth man of the year. We got uh, Montrose Harrell, the recently eliminated Montrose Harrell. Yeah. I mean, good job, but I feel like there could have been other guys. Yeah, I mean, this, I think that there's an argument to be made for for a bunch of different uh, players that, uh, in, in the sixth-man spot, depending on how you're looking at it. But Montrose Harrell had a you know major impact during the season. It's hard to argue too too strongly against it. I know yes. his teammate Lou Williams, also yeah, a finalist, has, has won you know, three times before. Yeah. I think probably some element of uh, wanting to spread the love around. Shouldn't we just do the player of the games? Sure. Uh, player player of the seeding games was uh, Damian Lillard leading the uh, the Blazers to a phenomenal performance. 
in the seeding games and uh, obviously getting the team to the playoffs. All right, so let's uh, let's talk as well about the uh, all NBA teams. Let's run down the uh, I'll run down each team, and you can uh, let me know if you have any any particular thoughts. Chime in on it. Uh, the first team, the MVP, of course, Giannis, Anthony Davis, Luka Doncic. I mean, already on the NBA first team, James Harden and LeBron James. No problems. Yeah, I mean, some some all time great performers there. I mean, I think you, you got to be to get on the All NBA first team. I, I would say if you're on the All NBA first team at any point in your career. You're probably going to the Hall of Fame. And I would say that about these five guys. Well, obviously. Yeah. Maybe not Luca. If but he if he drops off. It certainly suggests that he's on the path. Yes. Very much so on the path. He might not go. Of course. He has a lot of work to do. He could get hurt. I mean, like he hasn't done enough to get into the Hall of Fame, but he's uh he's a player of that quality pretty clearly. Yeah. The second team, we got Nikola Jokic, who uh we're we're still unbelievably watching in the playoffs. Right now, Kawhi Leonard, Damian Lillard, Chris Paul, and Pascal Siakam. Jason Tatum should be in there instead of Pascal Siakam, but everybody else is fine. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, pretty amazing to see Chris Paul still playing at this level at this point in his career, so many years in, but a deserving member of the second team. I agree, Pascal Siakam, higher than he should be here. I mean, Jason Tatum, you know, to me, is uh, all-NBA second-team caliber player. And uh, maybe even with some upside, but obviously it's super difficult to crack that uh, that top group. But I mean, the fact that he's now an All NBA player, definitely meaningful. Yes. Talk about that third team: uh, Jimmy Butler, Rudy Gobert, Ben Simmons, Jason Tatum, and Russell Westbrook. Solid team, but Jason Tatum has to be on that second team. Pascal Siakam got to be on the third team. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I think uh, that that that's a, a strong. Uh, strong One thing I also want to say is I think they should consider Joel Embiid instead of maybe Rudy Gobert. Yeah, I, I think that that's definitely a, a valid uh, point. I mean, and a worthy consideration. I think you definitely could consider Joel Embiid there. I think Rudy Gobert, you know, played more than uh, than Joel Embiid, but I mean, it's. Uh, I think he probably was a pretty close uh, candidate there. Let's talk about the All Defense team as well, where we've got. Uh, on the first team, Giannis, Anthony Davis, Rudy Gobert, Ben Simmons, and uh, Marcus Smart. Yeah, I mean, no problems. That's a great team. Some beasts defensively among that unit. On the second team, we got Bam Adebayo, Patrick Beverly, Eric Bledsoe, Kawhi Leonard, and Brooke Lopez. I mean, all good defensive players as well. Yeah, hard to argue with any of those. Those guys are all parts of uh, big-time defenses and make major contributions on their own. I would say if anybody – uh, maybe, maybe, maybe Patrick Beverly. Maybe, I mean, you know, in, in terms of uh, you know, uh, maybe we could find someone uh, uh, of a higher caliber than than him for the second team there. But I think uh, he certainly has the the rep that uh, that, that you know carries him onto uh, onto the squad. Let's also talk about the all rookie team. I know all rookie team a favorite of ours in terms of uh, topics of discussion on this show. The first team for this year, the guys who get to hang that uh, 2019-20 all rookie banner on their uh, basketball reference pages. We're talking about Brandon Clark, John Moran, Kendrick Nunn, Eric Paschal, your boy, and Zion Williamson. Get Brandon Clark off of the first team. Wow, Brandon Clark getting called out here. He had a fantastic season. He, he really did. Stop. Stop. They have three forwards on the on the team. Yeah. Um. Guess what? I think I, I think it should be more like this. 
Brandon Clark. I no. <laughs> um, Zion Williams, Zion Williamson, and Eric Pascal are the forwards, and the guards are John Morant, Kendrick Nunn, and Tyler Hero. Yeah, Tyler Hero really putting on a show here in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, Brandon Clark's numbers though. I mean, you look at them. Guy shot sixty-one percent from the floor. 35, almost 36% from three when he was popping out there. He a really efficient player. I mean, his, his statistics jump off the page a bit. Anyway, he uh, he made it. Tyler Hero, fortunately, did make the second team along with uh, Terrence Davis, Rui Hachimura, P.J. Washington, and Kobe White. Who's Terrence Davis? <laughs> He's on the, uh, on, on the Raptors, guy who was uh, undrafted. Oh, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. He's fine. Yeah, a guy who has a really quick three-point shot, shot almost 39% this year, and, uh, you know, still working his way into the, into the rotation and into the league, but, uh, you know, forced his way into the mix this year. Yeah, so you want to wrap it up? Yeah, so that's, uh, you know, a quick look at the uh, the NBA award winners for this 2019-2020 uh, season, so, and uh, that, that's what we got for, the, uh, for this episode. If you're enjoying, please leave a rating, review, and subscribe to our favorite podcast. Yeah, thanks so much for listening. You can find us uh, just about anywhere you'd be uh, looking for podcasts now. And check us out on uh, on Podknife, on Listen Notes, on Anchor, on Breaker, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. Yeah, I just want to say it a little slower. If you're enjoying, please leave a rating, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you, Emilio. That's uh, much uh, much easier to understand. Uh, we uh, thank you for listening very much and uh, look forward to uh, being back with you in another couple of days. If you want to uh, reach out to us in the meantime, you can email us at barnardsontheNBA at gmail.com or find us on Twitter at barnardsonnba. At Twitter. Bye.